Welcome to Infinite Trek, where we cover everything Star Trek. From animated to live action, comics to novels, from games to real-life tech. If it's Star Trek, or even Star Trek adjacent, it's here. So get ready to talk about Trek no matter what your knowledge level is. Whether you've been watching since the 1960s or just discovered Star Trek 47 minutes ago, we We welcome welcome you. you. Hello, Brandy. Hello, Aaron. <laughs> How are you? I am well. How are you? I am well as well. That's very clunky. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's I'm I'm just excited to talk about today's episode or this week's episode. Me because too. it was really, really good. Yeah, uh, it was. <laughs> really, really good. Really I know. When it was it was funny when I saw it, I'm just like you know, everybody seems to be saying, oh, this week's was my favorite episode. And I've tried to, you know, mitigate that, not just like, hey, yeah, it has Easter eggs. So it's my favorite <laughs> or something like that. There's an animated series. It's my favorite. Um, so with this came, it was just it, it felt different. It just mm-hmm. it was it's it's really good Star Trek. <laughs> it's really, really good. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's a little bit dark. <clears throat> yeah. And I think that's part of why it's good mm-hmm. agree you know if you you have to have the darkness to get the light and or some cliche <laughs> you you have to know darkness so that you can enjoy the light yes. and appreciate it it has a bit of like what i feel doctor who does where mm. it's really funny and at the same time it's super tragic so yes you mm-hmm. I, I think this feels a little bit like that indeed so. That's a good um, way of putting it. Thank you. Should we jump in? I, I know there's a lot to talk about. So, Ooh, there is so much to talk about. <laughs> oh, wait, before we do, I see that you're wearing a pin. I'm wearing two pins, actually. And oh. I'm, this is a mirror, so I, I always reach for the <laughs> wrong side of me. <laughs> me too. Um, yeah. So uh, I've got my Beckett Mariner, and mm-hmm. I've got my Carol Freeman, because, nice. you know, this was yeah. a lot about their relationship, so maybe we'll I'm get a uh, a Vindicta pin eventually. Oh, that would be great! So you could have them both on there. <laughs> Perfect. I, uh, I'm I finally got my my fanset pins of all Yay! of the the Cerritos. Now that we're take two episodes away from the end, um, yeah, I'm wearing uh, Rutherford and Tendy, who are the uh, the sidekicks that are kind of unwilling at times. It seems like. And, uh, it's oh. definitely the Mariner show, and they, she didn't kind of put a lot of thought into the the, the other characters. No, she really mm-hmm. didn't. This was all about her and yeah. the rest of it. You know, she thought she was having fun with her friends, but that was mm-hmm. not what no. this was about. I think we've all had that kind of experience where it's oh, okay, you know, even, especially when you're little, like you're playing with your friends and they're kind of scripting what you're doing. No, you're this person. You're doing that. And you're just like, this isn't about me anymore, is it? This is this is not mm-hmm. me having fun with you. This is you being the director of whatever we're doing. Yeah. Basically, it was, that's when you find out, oh, this was never about me. You don't actually yeah. like me. I'm just a warm body. Okay. Yeah. Been there. A, a live action action figure. Yeah. <laughs> Been there more than a few times. But, oh, I forgot to say, if you want to uh, get some of these pins for yourself, we have a discount code. It's we do. 15% off. 
uh, infinite trek, all one word. And that's why I actually did use that to get these. Uh, <laughs> you can get them individually for like six bucks a piece or seven bucks or something like that. Is I think they're price. six ninety five a piece. Yeah. Yeah. But then the whole set is 40 bucks. Yeah. It's a, yeah, uh, well, when, when you put that discount in, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's That's around, nice. it's around 40, I think 42, $43. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, no, they're very cool. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're fun because some of the fan set pins, I love them, but they're also a little bit like you can only wear that pin. Because mm -hmm. they're a, they're a decent size, which is nice. Yes. But these, you actually can put a couple of them on there, and they don't. It doesn't feel like you've overloaded your shirt with pins. I could get so. the whole eight on here <laughs> if I wanted to. You could, <laughs> but I won't. Yeah. I, I'm just saying that I could. Yes. <laughs> so. Got enough. I've got uh, I, enough I like chest your, uh, space. I like your name. Um, but we, for those of you watching or listening to the audio version, we always—I think we've said this before—we have middle names that are like goofy calls to the show. Uh, I have Aaron. I'm Shempo Harvey, <laughs> and uh, Brandy is guys. Therapy works. Jacola, because it does. It does. Yes. It really, that was one of the, truly we had, does. In the theater, we were like really trying to like people were talking about it just to break that stigma of you know just like you wouldn't be like i don't want to tell you that i broke my leg you know mm -hmm. yes because exactly. it's just something that happened to your body so you, like why well, was like hey i had to go you know see a doctor and i got medicine and now i'm better um you know and that's not you know as i said last night your brain is inside your body you know spoiler mm -hmm. it is still part of your body so it's not it's not something separate and it's just so mystifying and stigmatized. It's just, yeah. So hopefully talking about this with people will make it a little bit more mainstream and accessible for people not to feel like they... Oh. It is. An <laughs> yeah. Oh, you froze for yeah. a second. I'm just like, you I are did. really intently listening to me. And I'm like, really? Trying. I I'm was. like, um, you know, I, I heard, know. Like, <laughs> no, I heard every word that you said. It didn't completely I started talking in a circle. <laughs> Like, no, it's I don't uh, know what more to say. <laughs> the, well, the thing is, is that there's this idea that if you are having some kind of mental or emotional problems, it's somehow your own fault. And that is mm -hmm. absolutely not true. It's not your fault if you get cancer. It's not your fault right. if you um you know, have your appendix ruptured. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous that different rules are applied to mental health when yeah. it is just as important to treat mental problems as it is to treat physical ones. Yeah. Maybe even more so, I would say. Well, if you can, if you can be in your best mental state, you are in a better position to help yourself physically and, and everybody else yeah. around you too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yes. So, guys, therapy yes. works. Works. <laughs> I think it's interesting. It's like, yeah, it's a cartoon. It's Star Trek. But there are really good messages that can actually come from talking about this. Yes. It's, well, and there's that point where Mariner just screams, I don't need therapy. Yeah. No one who yeah. doesn't need therapy would scream it like that, honey. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're, proving, you're proving the point that you do. <laughs> Granted that the uh, the counselor might not be the best person for the job. You know what? Honestly, he's not a bad counselor. It's just the no. food metaphors. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. Let, let's let's that. dive into this and then we can get to that. 
So. Yeah. Let's, let's go, go into this, you know, this uh, this fruit salad of a show. And, yeah. <laughs> it's it's marinating to become the show we know it can be. <laughs> yes. Marinating? No. Marinating. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> oh. I don't have children, that. but I'm getting close to dad jokes. <laughs> oh, you know what? You don't have to be a dad to do dad jokes. It is true. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, so let's okay. start. Cold open, right. and uh, we've got a oh, yeah. statue being pulled down a la Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein. Um, or Lenin or, other or any, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> racist leaders, um, oh, things yes. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. so uh, they, they're pulling that down, and it's a statue of a sort of a, a, a bipedal rat person. Uh, there's right. really no other way to describe it. I'm not being racist or anything. And uh, Mariner's there saying, no longer with the lizard people, <laughs> you know, oppressed by their rat people overlords, etc. And you've got this one rat person uh, being held by two lizard In people. And he's like, yeah. he's like, we're not oppressing them. We breed them for food. They like it. <laughs> well, we are delicious. Yeah. <laughs> the, the voices that they use for those were great. <laughs> I don't know who was doing it, but they were great. Yeah. Uh, oh, and we have to point out that the the rat people are vaguely reminiscent of the Antikins, mm -hmm. which were a race in the first season of Next Gen, and I don't remember the episode, uh, that ate lizard people or snake mm -hmm. people. So there's there's a similarity, and I don't know if they're supposed to be the same thing, but they're very close. I don't, I don't think that they necessarily have to be the same thing to be referencing something true so yeah. it doesn't have to be exactly the same it yeah. just has to be you know wink wink a wink and a nod yeah <laughs> yeah that sort of well thing. this 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 show this specific episode is very good at having a reference to a lot of things at one time yes it is so it it's is like oh it's this it's that and this and that blew my yeah. hair back let me tell you <laughs> so there was a strong breeze just coming from the television. It blew my hair right back. Oh, it's like the, uh, the was it Sony or the, the whole thing where like the TV would yep. blow the, and the, mm -hmm. the speaker, Maxell. I think it was Maxell. Something like that. Yeah, but yeah, I remember that ad. It was, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what happened to me. My own living yeah. room it was amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, uh, she's Mariner saying, you know, wait till my captain gets here and, uh, of course, Freeman beams down. She says, and here comes the praise in five. <laughs> and then Freeman immediately says, I'm sorry. Ariansen has made a terrible mistake. <laughs> mistake. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You knew so, that that was coming, too. Was oh, like, absolutely. As soon absolutely. as she assumes that there's going to be praise, then you're, nope. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, she, honestly, if this were... A Federation planet, uh, which it seems like they're not necessarily part of the Federation, but they no, have had but contact. They so, don't seem to be at a, it's not like a prime directive sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it kind of is, but it doesn't seem like, they seem very comfortable with an alien being on their planet and not freaking out about it. And Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying that they're uh, unused to otherworldly visitors but i don't think that uh you know the federation has spent a lot of time there no that yeah exactly 
So yeah, Freeman was just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting out injustice and fixing it. And Freeman's like, you didn't bother to check into any of this. You should have come to me. And you know, tells them, you know, the we, Federation is a whole lot better at that sometimes. Too. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> and we'll talk about that more some other time. Um, <laughs> because we can't talk about that now, Aaron. Oh, okay. <laughs> there are more examples that we can't talk about. In any case, uh, they have a fight and Mariner's upset that she thought she was doing the right thing. Which she, she probably was, but not necessarily in the right way. Right way, yeah. And Freeman says, yep, you're going back to the ship and you're going <laughs> and to. And she says, oh, yeah, the brig. I know. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. And she says, oh, no, you're not going to the brig. You're going to therapy. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> way oh, worse and then the brig. there's a great reference like uh, the, you know, it's like. She says, you know, I don't need therapy. Like It's the 80s. Mm -hmm. And then the 80s, we don't have psychological problems. Right. And then Freeman says, you're a loose cannon. It's a vague reference to uh, uh, Lethal Weapon, where she he's required to go see a therapist. They, um, I had all this memorized last night, but I can't remember the actress. Uh, and she was in like all four of the Lethal Weapon movies. Um, and I think she passed away recently. But uh, yeah, so that so there was a therapist. I just love that, you know, it, he had said something to the effect in the movie of like, it's the 80s. Men are sensitive. We don't need therapy. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of fun. Yeah. And she just uh, she doesn't want to go to the therapies because number one, because she doesn't think she needs therapy. And she actually screams yeah. that. And yeah. number two, I don't because need therapy. the counselor is just nonstop food metaphors. <laughs> He's a, a, a green parrot, you know, a bipedal parrot sort of mm -hmm. looking. Looks Maybe like vaguely something... related to the Allurians or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just was very reminiscent of something you would see in the animated series. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that just made me smile. <laughs> so... I also wondered if Dr. Ta'ana ever had to go speak with him, if there's a, you know, cat and bird thing, you know, like just at a distance the scene it but the thing is cations and whoever this bird person is they aren't actually birds and cats exactly so I've, I've, I've had people like like it's like yeah and in one of the most recent novelizations they talk about cations playing up on the fact that humans are like oh it's a cat and they're so cute and trusting and then they become a you know this person was a pirate and basically stole all your stuff uh <laughs> because they were like oh she's so cute um so just playing up on that misconception, which I thought was a really clever little little bit, which is what I feel like the rest of the crew doesn't quite. They literally think she's a cat. Yeah. And that seems Though to be. But we have seen her do some cat type stuff. <laughs> yes, but that's that doesn't mean that she has the same instincts as my house cat. So no, that's true. And And I feel like. You know, it, it irritates me when it happens and I get upset and I'm not going to get upset now because we're not doing that. But it's it feels like it. It delegitimize delegitimizes <laughs> delegitimizes <laughs> like that. It delegitimizes the race. It 
it yes. demeans them. Well, it lumps them into like one stereotype. It's kind of what the, mm -hmm. the issue that people have with real racist problems. Yes. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, or just uh, even way Boimler treated uh, the Ferengi. Yes. Or almost anyone in Starfleet treats the Ferengi mm -hmm. as as exactly. just oh they're you know greedy and they do the whole hand thing and they literally have a thing called the hand thing because <laughs> they're, they're they're playing up on these stereotypes so yes exactly and so it oh no once again i lost aaron so but you know while we're here up on the screen dave has a a message dave the mod has message that uh Miglimo is the name of the character, was played by Paul F. Tompkins. Tompkins. Oh, that was, yeah. what was the name? They had a name? Miglimo. Miglimo, oh, okay. the, the counselor. That was Paul F. Tompkins doing the food metaphors. And uh, also a friend of Tawny Newsom. They have yes. known each other for quite some time, have done a lot of improv together, and, and are currently the co-hosts of The Pod Directive, which is which the I official. I haven't listened soundtrack. to yet. I haven't had it's time. So, it's so good. It's so is good. Is it good? Okay, good. I really enjoy it. Um, this The second episode in particular, when uh, Reza Aslan was on, just, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. So I came to some conclusions about myself and my life, my beliefs. And it was just, <laughs> oh, I see now so clearly. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was a little life-changing. <laughs> but that's Trek for you. Yes, definitely. <laughs> And and uh, Da Vinci, who we did, oh, we haven't got there yet, but uh, there's no. also a holographic Da Vinci, but it's played by Gary Cole. Gary Cole. Gary yeah. freaking Cole, you guys. Mr. Which, Brady. No. Yeah, <laughs> almost everybody. Brady. Yeah. Almost yeah. everybody references Office Space, and that's yeah. fine, but I knew Gary Cole in it. And Gary also Cole. West Wing. <laughs> Just like Gary Cole. You know, Gary Coleman? <laughs> What you talking about, Brandy? <laughs> Gary Cole. Yeah. See, I know him from, and you were the one who reminded me of, of what the name of the show was. I remember him from Midnight Caller. Midnight Caller, yep. That was the first time I ever saw Gary Cole. That might have been I liked the first time much. anybody saw him. I can't remember if he was, uh... was that? No, I don't know if that was the first thing he was in. Might have been the first major thing he was in. Yeah, probably his was first starring ago. role in something. Yeah. It was. It was either late 80s or early 90s. So Late 80s, like 89 and, or something like that. Yeah, and it was his voice. I mean, I, I thought he was also attractive, but just his voice. I just went, yes, please keep talking. 1988, four seasons. Right. So it went. I use my Rutherford plugin for IMDb. In yeah, my <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> you having IMDb in your implant. That works out great. That so. would be really handy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there are a lot of food metaphors. And then there was just one straight up not food metaphor. Mariner, have you ever made paella? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a straight up. Just a straight up, like, try cooking. It's fun. Yeah. I'm not good at cooking. I don't enjoy cooking. That's not therapy oh. for me. Uh, for me, it I suck, is. I Especially like it. bread making. Because you can really yeah. work out your frustrations in the bread. In the... I suck at all of it. I just, <laughs> I've never had a talent for it. My mother says that she's not a talented cook, but she has made the most delicious food that I have ever had in my life. So She's and, your mom. Well, yeah, but I mean. Well, it, actually, it that's is, not true. Because 
<laughs> some parents don't make great food and people kids know it <laughs> yeah exactly and she she was always great like i learned this trick here's here's a lesson to everybody okay okay frozen vegetables you know how they never just taste quite good enough yeah add sugar hmm. if you add sugar it takes away that freezer sourness interesting huh it works i have some freezer vegetables i should try that we were sort of like loaded up at the beginning of the pandemic just to make sure that we had stuff and mm -hmm. now we're like we have a lot of things that we might necessarily not have bought if we just had the option to buy whatever so it's like yeah. i need to get rid of these vegetables so actually last night i was eating a bunch of soybeans <laughs> like mm. which are actually mm. good I, I like edamame but i i like chickpeas myself and i like to make hummus from them oh yeah that we actually just bought chickpeas to do the same thing I love hummus. We're making hummus this afternoon. I'm hungry. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> We're going to take yeah. off and get some food now. No, <laughs> yeah, but add add some sugar. Yes. Usually when I'm doing um, frozen vegetables, it's some butter, some sugar, and salt, of course, because I like salt. So, But yeah, that sugar just does that extra thing. You won't believe the difference. Nice. All right. So we had uh, basically she she did her her <laughs> her therapy and she also smashed a bonsai tree. Put mm. me in the brig. <laughs> and the poor, poor bonsai tree is gone. Um, <sighs> so she takes off and and heads to the holodeck, right? Yeah. Uh, Boimler is not there yet, but Mariner's there with uh, Da Vinci and Rutherford and Tendi, and apparently mm -hmm. they're skeet shooting. <laughs> so, yes. It's <laughs> a fun combination of things. It is. Mariner's basically just sitting in a chair sulking while everybody else is having fun. Yeah. And Boimler comes in and says, hey, guys, can I use the holodeck? I've got this program that I need to try out. And right. then he explains his simulation made from what seven years, seven of years, which logs. I thought was interesting. Like seven years is like the seven seasons of a, of a Star Trek show, you know, kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and Rutherford's like, aren't those personal? Yeah. because so, Yeah. He says, I made it from seven years of personal logs. And he's like, isn't that personal? <laughs> just like, the, so, like um, yeah, right away. That just feels ethically wrong yeah like how did he get them he doesn't seem like a super hacker or anything like that but i i don't know i i don't know but he got them and maybe i don't know i really honestly mm. don't know how he could do that but yeah when boimler setting up to kiss kits kiss some butt i guess <laughs> 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 it's just just whatever whatever it's saturday right morning people uh, it might not be for you but for us it is uh, <laughs> so yeah um just i i don't i don't know in his quest yeah. to get ahead <laughs> we'll kind of do some possibly not ethical Terribly things ethical? yeah mm -hmm. yep yeah. Maybe he was and, in charge of filing everything. <laughs> Just like, whoops, yeah. Put that over there. And, uh, and Tendi and Rutherford are like, oh, this is really cool. <laughs> like, Rutherford goes up to Shaq's. I know. Like, hey, buddy, how's it going? And he's like, don't talk to me. I'm pissed off. <laughs> hey, we just <laughs> had that conversation this morning. <laughs> I love Tendi walking around, like waving her hands yeah. in front of everybody's eyes, the holographic. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
They can't save me. Yeah, and Mariner does that too with the captain, and she starts to yeah. devise a plan. She's not really listening to Boimler anymore, explaining why no. he's doing this. Doesn't care. It's now the Mariner show, and <laughs> yes. she she decides she's going to reprogram the simulation. And I love all of Boimler's objections, but my favorite one is Mariner, don't touch my code. Yeah. <laughs> actually thought of ian from uh from coding cohen's on our, our network it was like that's my code <laughs> yeah he was he was very upset now i know that you did some freeze frames while you were watching yes. to see what she was typing well and i was just trying to pull this up because i i thought oh here it is uh they it's like vindicta is in phaser fight with shacks at the entrance of 182a the ship's lounge so now we know officially that that's room 182a the ship's lounge but yes it has if you see it it basically has all of the main sections of of each act basically so it is kind of funny she just does type in i mean she also has uh let's see uh another special movie budget weapon so it's like <laughs> so he's got this the big phaser cannon gun thing he has it's a movie budget <laughs> weapon so it's great yeah she has all these little comments like that you know and yeah. it's interesting because some of them are not exactly the same because when when she arrives basically that the tube or whatever that they cut into the the ship it squishes people Mm -hmm. those two people were not supposed, they actually had a, a smaller scene with them afterwards. So clearly things changed a little from what she wrote, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. So either that or they just put the, it was older, you know, script when they were editing yeah. it or animating well, it, which is possible. Yeah. Well, and that not only that, but she, she basically was said that she only put it programmed in the main things and the right. computer was just extrapolating the, the rest. rest yeah so yeah okay. it's uh, very entertaining yeah. everything suddenly so, goes dark yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> and the aspect ratio changes yes. and and boimler notices because he kind of looks down <laughs> which i don't know what you would be seeing in real life <laughs> or that, real life but it's great yeah <laughs> and there's film grain that kind of appears and then mm. you're getting scratches every once in a while and we have a, an image later where films used to put like a little hole in the upper right hand corner to it would be like a, a blip or a flash and that would be the cue to the person in the the uh the screening room to change the film reel mm -hmm. like that was coming up so they would get it ready and then there'd be a seamless transition between reels um yes but so they i love that they they kind of simulated all of that stuff mm -hmm. if you were in the hollow like i'm not quite sure what you would see but Maybe, I did but read, well, yeah, no, I think we any everybody would see it in the exact same spot because if I remember correctly from the the uh, Star Trek Next Generation technical manual that the holodeck has the ability to basically redirect what you're seeing so everybody can see the same thing mm -hmm. at times. So I, I imagine that they could wherever you're at, you would be seeing that that overlay at the same distance in the same place. So. Yeah, I still don't know what you would see with the aspect ratio changing, though. <laughs> but it's hilarious it. nonetheless. It is very hilarious. Yes, maybe yeah. their world is actually two dimensional. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it it could be. Maybe maybe so, they are living in a two dimensional universe. Yeah, it is possible. It's a parallel reality. There you go. <laughs>
There, well, there we yeah, go. So, then, <laughs> so it, suddenly, then we have uh, credit show up. Yeah, so and like, Boimler yeah. is not getting it, and she finally says that it's going to be a movie, and he's like, "I don't want to be in a movie." A movie. <laughs> yeah, and then we get our first like really deep cut. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like, oh, it's okay. You were kind of a Zon anyway. It's like you weren't going to make the cut. Like who's Zon? It's like exactly, exactly. <laughs> and Zon is a character who never was from a show that was never made. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, He was from Star Trek II, which was what it was called back then, but it's actually Star Trek Phase II as we know it now. Uh, it was a show that would have come on in the late 70s, and it was just a continuation of Star Trek. And Leonard Nimoy wasn't going to come back, so they needed a replacement Vulcan, because you have to have a Vulcan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and this was a full-blooded, not half-human Vulcan Zahn. And then Close Encounters of the Third Kind did really well. And suddenly Star Wars wasn't just a one-off hit. They're like, oh, we need to make a science fiction film. So everything that was in phase two got shoved into the movie. And a lot of it got put into Star Trek Next Generation, especially during the writer's strike. There were scripts for like The Child, which probably should have just stayed lost. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah. Uh, what is it? The uh, oh, the one with the devil um, on the planet where she she uh, she says that she's there and she's going to be back to reclaim her planet. Right. Uh, was right. Very, I don't uh, remember the that name. One. I'm not good with episodes. How does it titles? deal with the devil? And that's not what it's called. But yes. yeah, someone in the chat room will remember, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. Uh, yep. But anyway, so yeah, so that's what that that is what um, Razan came from. And mm -hmm. he later was put into a comic book. So he yeah. does come back, but he is not I, how she knew about that. I have no idea because that's in her universe. doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, well, and the actor, of course, was given a, a small part in yes. Star Trek, the motion picture yep. as kind he of a. That, um, yeah. Well, it's interesting because he could have been Zahn, but then he would have been one of the people who was melted in the transporter because it was Sonak instead of Zahn. Mm -hmm. I don't know what would have been better. They were both dead. So Yeah. He would have got more screen time, dead. I guess, if he was uh if he was Sonak. Not necessarily. Because he has a no, couple I mean, they, of scenes. No, yeah, that's true. Uh because he has the He's scene in the, the where communication uh the the listening right? post basically. Listening is, post, yeah. Yeah. It's not really a listening post, but it is a listening post. Yes. And then he gets a big scene where he dies, you know, because he it's that scene where everybody's assembled in that gigantic hall in the Enterprise that no one's ever seen before. <laughs> and ah, Kirk is explaining Patrick. their mission. Devils do. Devils do. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, he's explaining what's going on. And then they're getting a transmission from this station. And so they pipe it in. And you get to see them all die. <laughs> <laughs> but we've gone on an, uh, off on another classic Infinite Trek uh, sideline. <laughs> yeah, I like to go off into the sticks. It's my no, favorite place. Just like Mariner <laughs> in the Brig. Yeah. I'm not going to stay on there. the road. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a squirrel. No, so I thought that was an amazing, like, I just love that reference. That was great. Oh, yes. Yes. That was, that was mind-blowing. Yeah. It really, really was. I just and the first time I watched, I'm just like, wait, 
did they say Zon? And then this yeah. is going so quickly. You know, there's so much right. going on on screen. I stopped yeah. thinking about it. But the second time I watched it, I'm just like, <laughs> what? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's something we might actually later, once we're doing all these, this new trek, uh, we might actually go back and revisit sort of all of the scripts and treatments for phase two and walk through it as if it was a real season, which mm -hmm. I think would be a lot of fun. I think it will be fun too. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, so we'll darn hear more about this Dawn. new track. Yeah. Just <sighs> cast your mind back to the seventies in a parallel universe when Paramount television network or whatever it was going to be called, uh, had their Saturday, Friday after Friday afternoon, Friday evening movie and followed by the one hour of Star Trek. Ooh. That was going to be their beginning of their UPN basically. And I don't know what happened yeah. with the network idea. Something, I seem to remember there was some like not legal reason, but just the person behind it maybe moved out of being in charge. And then that idea just got dropped, mm. but I have to go back. Well, and look. it's, it's going to be a streaming network now. Yep. Maybe we'll get phase two. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. We've uh, mined well, everything. Now we're going to do alternate universe Star Trek. Oh, wait, we well, done I, that already. I don't, I don't know. I think that there's still plenty of stories to tell. Oh, no, no, I know. I'm just Trek. being, so, just you're being within, facetious. Yes, within, within the Kirk and Spock era and stuff like that. It's like, this would just be a whole different set. You know, like, what would happen? It's like the search for Zahn. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, that would be really interesting. Hmm. We looked for him. We can't find him. But going on. Moving on. No. Mm -hmm. Well, just get another Vulcan. Just call Vulcan yeah, exactly. and get another Vulcan sent over. <laughs> just... Yeah, hello you know. Vulcan. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. No, I know. Y yes, we need another one. I'm Thanks. sorry, we keep breaking them. Um, <laughs> yeah. But maybe send they us said one. If that's we don't take care hardy. of this one, they're not sending us another one. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. We have, uh, you know, come to the end of our warranty. So, yeah, guys, treat this one right, <laughs> so that we don't have to get <laughs> any more. <laughs> I'm um. so sorry. We crack ourselves up. <laughs> we we do actually. <laughs> oh, anyway, we, we so, spent a half hour getting almost into the opening scene. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's. Ooh, I'm gonna right. get with it now. So yeah, the right. credits yep. are happening, and yes. they're having to duck some of them. Which yes, is so which we've simulated here in our uh, mm -hmm. our our little thing. If if you when you turn on like, bloop, they duck the graphic. They duck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which so. is fantastic. And uh, yeah, it's the, uh, it's, they get this big title, Crisis Point, The Rise of Vindicta. Uh, using the font from The Next Generation. Indeed. Indeed. Cooper. Yep. And, and they, they keep going on with that with all of the people in the movie, <laughs> etc. <laughs> and it was just tickling me. It was tickling me so much. It's not a title font, though. That was the one thing. He's like, ooh, nice font. I'm like, not for a title, really, but okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Rutherford I guess I'm has... just so used to seeing it as, like, just the individual credits. It's weird to see it as, you know, the, the big, big font. Yeah. Well, Rutherford has an appreciation and extensive <laughs> knowledge of fonts that we yes. don't. So True. if he thinks it's a, it's He's a great font. He's got them all downloaded. All of them from yep. every species. I'm sure. 
and we we've got some music going on. So oh, the music uh, is very familiar. It, it is very familiar. It's very, shall we say, Horner esque. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> esque. It's yes. uh, it's very. It's it's not the same as, but it is very indicative of borrowing from James Horner's score yes. for Star Trek's two and three. And at a certain point, if you had cut it off, your brain would have then filled in the Star Trek two theme, but it does very naturally also go into the, mm -hmm. the theme from lower decks, which makes the theme seem much more epic, which it, is kind of crazy how well they did that. It was That's one of the, wow. yeah. That is one of the components, I think, of this episode that kind of lends to also that emotional feel. It's like it's cinematic scoring. Mm -hmm. when, when things happen okay. that are shocking or you know big, it's it's played up as if it was a film. Mm -hmm. so, it is, yeah. and and I love that. And you're right because I'm listening to that music and I'm like, this is familiar. And then I hear that that horn part, and I'm like, oh. And yeah. I do expect it to go right into but it doesn't. Oh, now I can't. Now I've erased somehow the uh, the lower decks theme from my head when I did that. <laughs> like, oh no! Anyway, but yes. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. No, that's closer. Anyway. I'm going to the next generation. Anyway. Yeah. You can listen to us pretend to hum music. Sorry. It's our new show. Yeah. Trying to remember songs. Yes. Humming music as it comes into our brains. An improv show brought to you by. No one. Because no one wants that. No one wants that. No one wants that at all. So yeah, credits finally yep. pass, and all yep. of a sudden, scene the changes. Like, it's like I want these credits out of here now, and, and then it goes again. to black, and he's like, "Good," and then falls to his like into the water, mm -hmm. very much like in Generations with uh, <laughs> Crusher and Worf. So yeah, he he falls a very long ways though. <laughs> it's like that's a very tall fall. Yes, but safety protocols are not off, so he does not correct. Die. No. <laughs> Because anyone Badgie hitting does the water, not show up and try and kill anybody. No, not this time. Not this time. No. But it, the thing is, the higher you fall from, even into water, the more chance you're going to break every bone in your body. So oh, yeah, yeah. a fall from that height would have killed him. Yes. Thankfully, we have fallen. a holodeck. Yes. Whew, a working holodeck. Yes. So we're we're back at Douglas Station, like the very first scene in the first well, episode. First they, but before they they he lands in the water, and what's happening is the captain. Oh right, is right, basically right. on vacation. Yes, it's Cabo she's hydro scooting. <laughs> it's a command retreat, and they're hydro scooting. Yes. She holds the hydro scooting like, we didn't give record. You, <laughs> we didn't give you permission to scoot with us, Ensign. <laughs> that was funny. That's a, okay. Just How can words. you take any of those people seriously when they use that word? Uh, it's like, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt your vacation. This isn't a vacation. And then they get a message: vacation's over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they're at Douglas Station, mm -hmm. and uh, which is very old. overly lit. Everything's yes, just very bright from the outside. It's, it's just again very cinematic. 
very yeah. cinematic, very polished. Mm -hmm. And uh, good old Admiral Vassery is back yes. pronouncing words correctly. And I know. He didn't say censors. <laughs> no, he didn't. And he tells them that uh, there was a problem with the second contact on Idlocana 6 with mm -hmm. the San Clemente. And they're like, why? Well, you have no San Clemente. Yeah, that was great. There are a and... lot of cities in California. That was not one of them <laughs> that we have uh, made a ship out of. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is a San Clemente, California, but not a ship. Yes. So, yeah, because I used to take catalog orders from all of California, and I know so many cities that no one's ever heard of. So many. It's not anyway. I do love uh, Boimler being there and asking questions, and and Vesery goes, "Whose boy is this?" Yeah, that's great. <laughs> And then he just like leans over and she's like, yeah, if this if this was anything, uh, if this was a real situation, uh, they would have sent the Enterprise, you know, artistic but, license. Yeah, you know, it's artistic license. Yeah. Which and, is uh, apparently one of the weird. I'm not going to go off on this tangent, but there's these fan conspiracy theories that that's a nod to the everything has to be 25 percent difference. And then when the when they're going around the ship and it's in a spinning in a circle, that's referencing the spore drive and how they're saying that, no, we're going to get rid of all of the, oh, the Star Trek that no one likes. I'm like, you are all crazy. I'm sorry. None of that. Like, it's ah, I'm not even going to justify it with like trying to explain it. But it was just like, no, none of that is right. I just don't see where. No, that leap could happen is nice. just it makes zero wants so hard for their opinion to be recognized by everyone else or they're so, they feel so hurt by what they don't like i don't know that they have to come up with these bizarre theories that oh look now that the 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 lower decks people are on our side wink wink you know it's like mm -hmm. what they're doing anyway so no. we get one of my favorite scenes in the whole thing <laughs> same same, 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 same. Ship porn scene. <laughs> I love it. I seriously was just howling with laughter and lost yeah. my breath more than once. Had to get my <laughs> inhaler. It was. Oh, no. <laughs> that happens every once in a while here. We've been like, like, if you laugh too hard, it's like, oh, the air quality is so bad outside. This. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a homage to i mean there's a couple of times that they've done this but the first time was star trek the motion picture with the absurdly long but still imminently watchable uh scene of flying around the enterprise the refit and mm. we have billups like tearing up mm. over the the cerritos and there's just like oh that's so hyper hyperbolic i'm like no but if you look at kirk he's his eyes are watery and he's mm -hmm. he's he, that's the he thing. cried yeah yeah and so. it's really noticeable on the big screen because I had never seen mm -hmm. the first movie on the big screen. Actually, I'd never seen the first two movies on the big screen. So when I got to see it last year and it was there in all its glory and it was it was like seeing it for the first time. I've yeah. seen that movie a hundred times, but it was like seeing it for the first time. But it was really prominent that he yeah. is getting emotional. Yeah, there's no question. We went and saw it at the Egyptian theater with like a lot of the people from Star It was for the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. It was the last remaining 35 millimeter print or whatever. We're like all excited. 
It is the worst print in history. It was red and pink, like blacks were gray and red. And people got up and walked out. And like even Michael Kuda is like, oh, this isn't good. And so Larry Nemechek and I are sitting next to each other. It's like, this sort of looks like a grindhouse film. It had like <laughs> so many scratches. And I was like, what is it? After a while, it like this added a really weird, like it gave the whole film a just a different vibe because it was like watching it through mud sometimes. And mm. it, 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 like it would skip and you're just like, well, okay. So you had the better luck probably with the nice digital print. So it, I still would like to was... see it like that. It was glorious. Yeah. I, I will send I you got, a, a, I got emotional. <laughs> I think when it became that obvious that it was that kind of poorly done, that nobody said anything about people point out their phones to take pictures of it. So I have a photo of how bad it is. Okay. I will. I actually, I'll, I'll set that, put that out on Twitter. Do <laughs> do. Yeah. I would like to see that. So. Yeah, I, I, that that was we call a, it the magenta really, picture. Magenta. It was yeah. it was a really great experience for me last year. That's cool. Being able to see that. I also did get yeah. to see Wrath of Khan on the big screen nice. a couple of years ago. So now I've seen them all on the big screen. But yeah, I like the shit porn. It is not as long yeah. as people make it out to be. No. It really isn't. But in this episode, it's it they pace the music and the picture as if it's done. And then mm -hmm. it just starts up again. And yes, <laughs> which is even greater. I was just dying. I was like, and it really isn't that sofa. long. It's definitely not as long <laughs> as actually in the film. Um, but the for the amount of time that we have for this episode, there's a surprisingly amount. Uh, every episode like this to me, so like, yes. it feels like an hour long episode, but it's 22 minutes. It is. There's sometimes when you watch the original animated series, it feels like it's an hour and a half, and it's only like 22 minutes. It's like, like, oh, is this still going on? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I love obviously I love the animated series. I wrote a book I about too. it, but I did yeah. too. There are times when it's just like the pacing isn't working. Mm -hmm. So, and, but and yeah, so I I was super impressed mm -hmm. with it. I love just and and we have the the overly lens flared background. Oh yes. Yes, which leads it to we. They fly in, and then you see Captain Freeman walk onto the bridge, and you get the. <laughs> I can't Im imitate it, but the that they use in the original series, but then brought back really strongly in the Kelvin universe to be like, "Look, we're Star Trek." Mm -hmm. It's just she walks on, and she like she sort of fondles the the Elkar's panel as she walks to her chair, which is gleaming. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah that was it's. Great. I was again laughing so hard because that was. One of my biggest problems with J.J. Abrams doing the first two Kelvin mm -hmm. timeline movies, by the second movie, it was a it was so overdone. It was a distraction. It's also oh. literally in filters in my my friend's um, like three D program. There is a J.J. filter, of course. So you is. do that, and it causes all of these lens flare effects. It's literally labeled that. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's. One I was thing happy to see in Beyond that it that did not occur. No, it did not. There were natural lens flares, sure. Yeah, that I just mean, happens. There's lens flares in Star Trek: lights. The Motion Picture. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It, it happens when you have lights, and that's why when people bitch about it in Discovery, I'm like, guys, those lights are live on set. It's not like they're trying to have lens flares. Well, in the in the picture that we're showing on screen right now is literally J.J. Abrams behind Chris Pine with a light <laughs> like mm -hmm. causing the lens flare. So it's not natural. But in yeah. other instances, it is natural. It is. So, yeah. But yeah, all those lens yep. flares, again, just laugh my butt off. 
the whole time. Yeah. And then, uh, as as Patrick said, we get the. Uh, let's see where to go. Time to let this oh. puppy off its chain. <laughs> oh yeah, obviously, then warp me. And then the the warp effect is sort of this is where another one of those you can have a lot of things happening at one time. It was basically like every warp effect you could kind of think of. Mm-hmm. We had the rainbow effect from the motion picture. There was the stretching, snapping kind of from the JJ verse, and then. It had electrical like things, and I think that that was a nod to the jump to war or the the jumping that uh, spore drive they do in the spore drive in Star Trek yeah. Discovery. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Agreed. Agreed. So yeah, so I love that they did all of those things, and then they they end up in front of the what was the planet the Ildokana Six. Yeah, Ildokana Six. Excuse me. Yes, and they say that the uh, the selenium is blocking their sensors. Mm. Oh, which is also sensors. <laughs> I was actually wrote it as sensors and then went to change it back and clearly didn't change all of the copy. So anyways, let's see sensor blocking selenium. Um, in Enterprise, uh, the Enterprise episode Dawn, they had Trip Tucker was testing an autopilot thing and crashed and they couldn't find him because all of the selenium in the atmosphere and the rings were were blocking their sensors so it was a nice little call back to that and this picture that i've also put up here shows that little hole that we were talking about earlier and like when you're supposed to change the film <laughs> we're saying that the challenge of getting a screenshot of this was uh, cbs all access isn't like a frame by frame thing it's just you you freeze it and then just try and advance it slowly but it's like eh, it took about 10 minutes to get that so but yeah so, yeah, so we're now in this system, and it's like what <laughs> earlier when Boimler was like, ooh, what a mystery. <laughs> That's what this feels like. Yeah, he's participating. He's really into it, by, too. Yeah, yeah, he's participating by being at, at the con, and yeah, yeah. So he's he's basically being himself because that's the only way he's going to enjoy any of this. And he well, might yeah, he's still using get, it like he wants. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's trying he to get might, the most out of it. Might might still get some information that will help him in this interview yeah. that he has. And then it's shifty cloaks. Whoa. Yeah, it's kind of like a Klingon bird of prey. Yeah. With a lot of extra stuff glued on it. <laughs> yeah. And uh now we get our first look at Vindicta. Yes, which I did not actually put a picture in, but I can show you the poster that I created Please for this do. episode. It was like, <laughs> so we had, um, I made a, a Wrath of Khan parody poster, which is the, the Rise of Vindicta, but we have, uh, I, I had a lot of fun just getting all the different elements and, and putting it in there. So that's out on Twitter. That actually, uh, Jack Quaid retweeted it. And yes. uh, a couple of the people who work at uh, the animation house. So that was that was pretty cool. So at and, least the effort that I put into it was recognized. <laughs> that was kind of yeah, nice. This is awesome. I think this Thank is you. amazing and wonderful, and I love it. And I wish there and was I, a print of it I could put on my wall. I might be able to arrange that. Mm. <laughs> the uh, I, the one thing I like doing the little silly details, but the uh, the Paramount logo, if you look at it closely, is not the Paramount Mountain. It's actually the Starfleet Delta, and it says Mariner. <laughs> so <laughs> yep. That was fun. Uh, but yeah, so that's what Vindicta looks like. She's sort of a Mad Max-ish slash... A bit. Uh, somebody said that there's a character from the 100s. Or the 100 mm. uh, on... I've never seen it. 
Yeah, neither. Well, I saw a first couple episodes and the, the science that was so bad just drove me bonkers. They're like, I can't I can't continue to watch this, but it changed <laughs> radically. And now, like in this last season, apparently it's like Stargate almost or something. Um, yeah. So I might go back and revisit it. I can. This is the last season. So I'm like, OK, I can watch it all as one. Yeah, there thing. you go. But uh, yeah, so that's a, she's got like kind of this dark eye makeup and very, you know, bad guy. Yeah. So. Yeah, and she she has her villain speech. She introduces her henchman, which Tindy has been. Uh, I want to say hi to has... Terrence Pryor in the uh, oh yes, in the hello. chat room. Hello, good to see hello. you. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's she's got Tendy, and she calls her a warrior queen, and yes. oh yeah, then completely Orion pirate, and <laughs> which which I today side by side with the pirates of Orion from the animated series, which is not anywhere near what they actually look like, but I just thought it was funny. It is funny. It is funny. And the clothes are green. The face is gray. I don't know what they're, and they also pronounced it Orion instead of Orion. So I guess we could say maybe they're not really this they are supposed to be the same thing the the person who wrote it's like i don't understand why they pronounced it like that so it was at the time the youngest writer of star trek because he was still in college it was like 18 or something like that <laughs> in the in our book you can see there's the alternate endings of the episode are all written and typed up on college ruled paper <laughs> so instead of having like nice typed you know regular paper that you would you know there's no before word processing so it would have been typed uh but i just think it was funny that it was on on paper that you get at school yeah so, yeah. yeah but he he got paid and everything so that was pretty cool good for him getting that yep. money so we got penny we also have bionic five which i believe is a really deep cut for a different cartoon altogether there was a show in the 80s called bionic six and there is a character called IQ who has a mechanical right arm and looks an awful lot like Rutherford. And he's the fifth one listed when they go through their little transform scene and stuff. So he'd essentially be Bionic 5. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I had no idea that this show existed. So well it's done. I thought it would be super easy because everything in the world is on YouTube that I would just go on YouTube. Fine. This show has disappeared off the face of the earth practically. There's like high quality intro and it's like zoomed all the way in and you're missing part of it. And it's like, and then it's like twice normal speed. You're like, what? So I watched a couple of videos that they basically, it, it's just vanished. People don't remember it. It had 66 episodes and there was toys. So it's very strange that, yeah, 80, 87 to 89, something like that. I think it was wow. just at the end of like everything's a cartoon show like you know they're at that point people had maybe he-man burnout and gi joe and every transformers and anything anything that was a toy in a cartoon so it probably just mm. came at the wrong time yeah but, and that was past the time when i was a child because i was like 14 15 by then so yeah it wouldn't have been something on my radar I just always watch cartoons. So. <laughs> well, I, there are certain cartoons that I yeah. always watched, but they, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of new stuff that was yeah. not, you know, Transformers and GI Joe. And yeah. I got tired of that, not because I'm a girl, but just because it was the same thing over and over and right. over again. Yeah. This was actually interesting. More. It, it also feels like it was supposed to be connected to the bionic 
the actual bionic man and woman because oh. the Steve Austin's parents was, were Jim and Helen. These characters were Jack and Helen. And mm. the their scientist person was done by the same voice as Rudy Wells. So I think they were at least trying to give a wink and a nod to the fact that like, hey, this is what happens when Steve and Jamie get married. You know? So I don't know. It came out within like a week or two of the the bionic ever after wedding movie. So wow. Yeah. Just wow. weird, weird things that just vanish and nobody remembers anymore. But except you. So yeah, so that's <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what I need to do next week, but I remember that. <laughs> so yeah. Ah, I need I need Rutherford's implant. Right. Don't we all? So but we, then we the other character we have is Shempo. <laughs> Shempo's like, I'm supposed to be played by Boimler. It's like, I don't sound like that. It's like, I love my captain and I don't want to be doing this. Okay, that's not that far off. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But Shempo is also, you have another deep cut of what Shempo is. Yes, yes, I do. Uh Director Sam Raimi, who rose to public attention with his Evil Dead series, <laughs> which I recommend. They're extremely gory and highly entertaining. He coined <laughs> the, the term fake shemp, which okay. is actually a process that was used when, when shemp of the Three Stooges unexpectedly passed away from a heart attack in 1955, leaving things undone as far as what they needed to fulfill for their contract for the studio, as far as the three stooges shorts. And I think there were still like three or four that needed to be done before they could complete that contract. And so they brought in another shemp, like an, an actor to play shemp instead of shemp. So therefore right. a fake shemp. And this actually became sort of, um, I wouldn't say super widespread, but it was a practice that kept happening where if the studio pretty famously was with Back to the Future. Yes, Back to the Future Part Two. two. And just uh, deciding, oh, no, we're going to have a different actor. They now, put the guy upside down in a hover chair and basically created a mask that sort of they did prosthetics that made him look a lot like Crispin Glover, who originally played mm -hmm. the character in back to the future, mm -hmm. which is that's not okay. And I understand no. why Crispin Glover sued for that and won so that now you can't do stuff like that. It's against all the yeah. rules of the screen actors guild because it's to protect actors, you know, from having their likeness used yeah. without their permission, without, you know, getting any kind of compensation or anything like that. Now that even happened in Star Trek, like way back when yes. uh, they were doing billboards for like Heineken or something with a uh, Leonard Nimoy, like lookalike for the Spock or it was yeah. his image or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now it's one thing to do it with the actor's permission, but if you don't yeah. have the actor's permission, it's not okay to do that. Nope. You will get in uh -uh. big, big doo-doo. <laughs> The the one exception <laughs> to that is if the actor has passed away and you have mm. received permission from that actor's estate, you can use ah. someone else for their okay. likeness. So, so that's uh, that's how fake so shimps like Carrie Fisher in Star Wars. Yes, so that's how fake shimps came about, and uh, there's also <laughs> here's 
here's another one. Uh, in the movie Dark Man, at the end of the mm-hmm. movie, you see, you know, it's, it's Dark Man supposedly dead, but you see this crowd of people, and you're and it's focusing on this one guy from behind walking through the crowd, and you're like, oh no, he's really alive. And at one point, he turns around, and it's Bruce Campbell. Fine. <laughs> That's the final ship. And he is credited in the credits as final ship. Bruce. Oh, that's funny. That's great. So, yeah, that's that's the history of Shemps. Cool. You learned so much on this show. I know, right? Whether you like it or not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It it may you may not be happy about it, but this is what's happening. (laughs) So. No, I just I love that they're obsessively. This is just a silly cartoon. Mm-hmm. And that, but there is so much more to it than this, especially this episode. You know, yeah. we're talking about some of the f- stuff that's happening in it, but there, there's a lot of pathos and a lot of just the stuff that's happening. Mariner is working out some really deep issues in kind of unhealthy way. I mean, it feels mm-hmm. healthy for her, but the people around her are like, get what? Yeah, one of the things that we talked about that she uses a disruptor instead of like a regular phaser. So, and yeah. I, I said, it's maybe it's like a variation of the Veron T disruptor because it looks mm-hmm. like a beefy version of it mm-hmm. um, from TNG's The Most Toys. And it's a really painful way to die. You get sort of, it's like a, a burning piece of paper and embers something you from the center out and you just get disintegrated and it's not super quick. It's, you know, it, in this cartoon is a little bit faster, but it kind of takes takes a bit of time so yeah i feel like even yeah. even the the quote-unquote painless way to die in the this holodeck movie isn't super great mm-hmm. so yeah it's uh you know i just had this thing that i was thinking of that not directly connected with this but when vindicta comes onto the ship she's basically distracting them with a recording while she's got yeah. this little pod <laughs> Reading shakespeare attaches to yeah <laughs> quoting the tempest and (laughs) it attaches to the hull and basically you know creates this hole in it which then this Mm -hmm. sort of like elevator thing comes down and smashes a couple of people winger and lamont Uh, lamont yeah the one who did the one man show lamont's sorry yes (laughs) there's nice continuity that we're getting like characters that we had we've seen before you know either in a cold open or just briefly or whatever. So yes, but you did say that you saw them in a scene after that. Is that not correct? No, no, they weren't back. They, okay, it, they weren't in back. the no, no, in, in the the in the text that we saw that was shown yeah. uh, that I took screenshots of. It actually had them having a longer scene. Like they did not get squished by the elevator, back. and then they basically had an exchange. And then she shot them. So oh, right. okay. either it didn't turn out exactly the way she wanted, or it was just that had changed between the time <laughs> that they had created that one scene and the next one. Yeah, quite possibly. So, it's just interesting. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Anyway, no, no. so yeah, uh, we've got people dying left and right, and Tendi is not enjoying herself. Nope. And I I picked up yeah, on they, that. They kill right Shax yeah. with, a, with a Borg head bomb, which was kind <sighs> of clever. It was weird, but yeah, yeah, designation explosive. <laughs> yeah. um, and then his earring and part of his ear fly. And he's, he's like, oh, you should wear this. And it's like, isn't that like religious significance? And she was just like, no, and that is really kind of it's 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 quote unquote funny. But it's also just kind of uh, you feel what Tendy's feeling You're like, no, this is yeah. not right. This isn't this, healthy. 
this is not healthy. This is bizarre. This is wrong. Yeah. And Mariner's just like, no, this isn't real. Like, that's not. Let me just go kill the, ca- the captain. We'll go get tacos. Like, yeah. Oh, uh... <laughs> oh, oh, my. Oh, my God. Yeah. But there's, there's still... the arch. She calls for the arch. Yeah. Candy. And then what a beautiful this... thing when she walks yes. out the blood and gore on her just disappears. Yep. It is. Uh... I love how it's holographic. Just like, I mean, we've had some inconsistencies with Star Trek before, but this is how it should work. Mm-hmm. You know, the clothes, I think that they put on themselves. So that's yes. their clothes or whatever. But yeah, but yeah, the, well, the blood yeah. and gore just vanish. Of course, you would want to wear your own costume. I mean, yeah, yes. it's uh, it, I think that yeah. that's a replicated thing as opposed to the stuff yeah. that's in it, which is holodeck matter or whatever. Yeah, energy converted yeah. into yep. matter. So yeah, it's uh Tendi just basically like, no, this isn't you. Yeah. And Mariner's like, yes, it is. But it's not. No. Not really. And that's that's the thing she's got to work through. And she's just getting more yeah. and more vindictive. Uh-huh. And wow, just, it's almost like the name is perfect. I know, right? It's <laughs> it's, it's she's just really going to the dark side oh one thing we did forget to mention that rutherford went off on his own because he was he was looking for his boss because he could finally tell him what he thought about him (laughs) and when he does catch up with him he's like like billups is like i have one thing to tell you think you're the best uh engineer in starfleet you are you are the best engineer in starfleet (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then just goes on and and of course the billups in this program is like I don't know who you are and you're like a space pirate and what is happening. And yeah, I thought it was great. You just like, I love how you program subroutines. <laughs> so we do have somebody who is using this in a healthy way. <laughs> at yes. least. Yeah. That's, that was, I knew that's what Rutherford was going to do. Oh, of yeah. course, but it was just oh, kind of a trope so for this show actually too. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it seems like it's going to be one thing and it's clearly going to be another. Yeah. And then they have a, uh, what is it? A hydron levels are critical. And so they've got to do stuff. Oh, yeah. And, then- and stuff that's related to, <laughs> let's just say weeds. No, <laughs> mm-hmm. no I don't yeah. think that we have a demonetization issue or anything like that. But uh, yes, no. there's some some marijuana culture references yeah. in there. Well, I, the thing is, I don't get this this whole bias against marijuana because it has so yeah. many health purposes yeah. and has helped so many people that I feel like you should be focusing this level of attention on something like opioids which yeah. are far far worse yeah but this is a stepping stone to no we're not gonna have the conversation it's not it's <laughs> no, not I know a stepping it's not. stone it's yes. just, all of these things i have and i wish i mean medical if it were most of the people in improv would be on opioids by now or something. you see all i the people are in, in entertainment basically i would love 
honestly, there there are all of these ways that marijuana can help many different ailments. Now, that is yeah. something special. There are not a lot of things on this planet that can have that kind of effect. And I feel like, why are you people fighting this? And by you people, I mean the government, instead of taxing it and making money. <laughs> You're dopes. Yeah. And I I've I've never tried marijuana. I have never uh even had you know edibles or anything like that. But I I'm one of those people that's like, oh well, what are you gonna do? Get really high and then go out and have a knife fight? It's like they think that people become violent on pot. The complete yeah. opposite is true. <laughs> so yeah. it just the whole thing makes me giggle. <laughs> So, oh yeah, and then uh, as as Dave the Mod said, mushrooms too. They've been shown to uh, help with psycho uh, psychosis and PTSD, which mm -hmm. is very true. Yes, yeah. these things are important and should be actually used started for yeah. revisiting um, mushroom like uh, like psycho psychedelic testing. Uh, UCLA, I think, actually had a medical um, trial. Mm -hmm. So at least it's slowly coming coming back up to the surface is something positive psilocybin yeah, yeah. it's anyway. the thing it's there are so many positive things to come out of these things it's kind of related yeah. to that idea of the you know mental issues being you know stigmatized so <clears throat> yeah Girl anyway heart. so at this point we have uh what's that? oh vindicta has gone onto the bridge mm -hmm. and uh found her mom i found Mariners found her mother, the holodeck mom, uh, and uh, just basically starts like, why do you treat me like the bad guy? You are the bad guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, like, there's no like, I don't know who you are. It's like, you've been treating me since like a, like this since I've been eight. It's like, I don't know you. <laughs> like, yeah. Constant like, I, what is happening? I like at the very beginning, too. And she's like, this vindicta is all over the place. <laughs> mm hmm. Like, she was sort of like jumping from like you don't you don't value your most your crew members like today you die it's just like mm -hmm. three phrases all just kind of glued together and like um so it's like you're crazy it's like no this is crazy and then she blows up her ship which is right next to the cerritos which causes the cerritos to start to crash into the planet yes and Poor it gets, cerritos. yes we get a a classic crashing saucer section like in generations or in star trek beyond i chose the screenshot for that because they're both at kind of that tilted angle and everything everybody's running on the side of the the wall and all that yeah exactly because you know that's it again representing more than one thing at the same time yeah. yep. and especially the tilting thing that's what made me think of beyond the most yeah no definitely yeah uh, and then phillips they you you do see uh, uh, Rutherford's like, you know, are you okay, Billups? He goes, I'm fine, but the crew, oh no, I, I started a rapid repeating transporters uh, uh, subroutine. It's like, oh, beam everybody off the ship. They're fine. You can't do that. It's like, oh yeah, you can. You can do anything you want in a movie. <laughs> Any beaming thing in a movie. Mm -hmm. the, the way he said that, it felt like two lines were edited and not quite right. There's like, he almost stepped over himself as he was talking. Mm. Like, so I don't know if it was just a weird edit point or something like that, but uh, but yeah, so um, I, I love that. That was a reference to the uh, 2009 
Oh no, sorry, Into Darkness with the uh, sub. What was it? No, Transwarp beaming, where they beamed from Earth to to Chronos. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. So you can do whatever. <laughs> I was like, I learned it from you. Okay then. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. Yeah. That's actually it not a bad funny. idea though. I, this is a sort of rapid repeating, like mm-hmm. get everybody off as much as possible. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. So then we uh we cut back and we've got uh Mariner about to kill her mom. Yeah, and I I think she would have gone through with it. Yeah, at that um, point until da, da, da. get off my mom, you bitch. <laughs> Holodeck Mariner shows up, and in like the best, like amazing, like the the soundtrack and just the dun 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 dun, you know, just mm-hmm. it was done so well. Um, and yeah, just as it, you're like, oh, and it's weird because I, I think they did a good job at ma- um, you know, managing your expectations. It didn't feel like we were going to see Mariner in there because, you know, obviously she's playing this character. So that was pretty cool that she just popped up. Mm-hmm. And she's a bad. I love that. She oh, is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And she's she's saying all this stuff and vindicta is just like no 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 (laughs) just saying all of the things that she thinks about herself yeah to herself Herself. (laughs) yep and mariner's just you know mariner uh, hollow mariner is uh getting her butt whooped by vindicta and because of course oh, she knows upset. all her moves right and yes and she was also upset that she didn't get to kill the captain because she was supposed to have a fight on a rickety metal catwalk which was mm-hmm. also a, a nod to generations <laughs> with kirk and uh so no it was soren 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 over california yep. <laughs> <laughs> i always had to remember it that way it was silly but <laughs> I, I, I did really that ride. That ride actually yes. oh i love that ride it's, I don't think it's there anymore. Now it's, it's they've changed it to something else. It's like yeah, they have. I haven't been there since then, but yeah, it's. I was in Florida. We'd see. They also had at one point they had the same ride there. They just call it Soren, but it was all the same stuff. So I was like, after about a week in Florida, you're like, I don't want this humidity anymore. I just want to be home as much as fun as I'm having. Uh, it's like so I was like we would go and watch that ride and be like, Oh, when we land or can we just, just walk out and go into the parking lot at Disneyland and be home in like a half hour. <laughs> nope. Okay. <sighs> I remember somebody yelling. It's like, this castle is so small. I'm like, uh, it's the original Disneyland, whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they have this fight and Mariner basically is like, you don't think of anybody but yourself. And she's like, Oh, <laughs> really? Uh, why did I let myself get my, why did I let my butt get kicked by you just to give people time to get off the ship before I start the auto destruct sequence? <laughs> That's not right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, and then we get this big movie explosion of the ship. It's, it's actually really glorious. It's yeah. so well done. Just for animation, just wow. Yeah. Wow. And at this point, off on the uh, a parallel scene, we had Boimler trying to figure out what 
cookies he can give to the captain and what she's allergic to because that was earlier in the show we forgot to mention that um and so he she brings he brings her a plate of chocolate chip cookies and jet tackles him because the captain is allergic to chocolate chip cookies and then he starts like asking basically you know growth questions about like where do you don't you want to know where you see me in five years and so jet's like he's playing mind games with you and picks him up and tosses him over a cliff at the same time as the ship is exploding so because it exploded essentially i think a ship exploding in any holodeck program means the whole holodeck program's over <laughs> that seems to happen like if there's a warp core that detonates it's done mm-hmm. um so suddenly mariner's just standing there boimler was falling like really and then he just sort of like it slows him down and then just bloop, drops him on the floor yep so yeah. And, wow, I can't believe I just got my butt kicked by myself. <laughs> yeah, but before that, there's something I do want to still cover oh, yes. because uh-huh. there's uh, Billups and Rutherford, you know, yes. and he's like, I know you're just some random space marauder, but do you want to run away and get our own ships to get shipped together? We could buffer the phase quail whenever we want. <laughs> Realign you- the matrix. <laughs> yeah. And and then they decide to run off together, and there's Tana yeah. going, Godspeed, you crazy bleeps. Yeah. Which I've also heard online people are like, Oh, she said a, a horrible homophobic slur. I'm like, She didn't mm-hmm. say that. It was another F word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's Dr. Tana. Mm-hmm. Dr. Tana drops cat. the F bomb a lot. Yes. So yeah, yeah, no, that was a that was a great scene, which makes me wonder how much it knows like is that what billups is like in real life so it'd be interesting to have a gay comic cartoon character it would be or fine bisexual. yeah yeah it, it would be and rutherford fine. didn't seem too uh like bothered by it he was he was on board so, maybe no. rutherford's pansexual yeah you know his, people his, like his, that uh, exist way more than people other people think they do so his uh his um implant allows him to just switch between <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't think that no, I I think you're just you're born that way. I mean, come on. Yes, I know. But, I, just mean, I know, I know, I know. But it was just it was funny. Yes. And I thought, oh, yeah. that's just so cute. But <laughs> yeah. So yeah, finally uh Mariner realizes that she likes working on the ship and she likes being with her friends and <gasps> Oh my god, therapy works, guys. Therapy works. <laughs> I still don't know that the the means of getting there seemed pretty like messed up, but mm-hmm. she did, you know. I think that would be the only thing that would work for her as a, I don't see her getting a lot out of sitting and talking to, you know, food metaphor guy. No, because she's just not she can't. She can let herself get through to her. I think that's probably yes. where she had to like she had to reconcile it and like, oh, wait, this is how I feel. Yeah. And honestly, if everybody had that option when it came to therapy, we could probably work through things a lot faster. Yeah. But Even I imagine don't... watching yourself interact with other people yeah. would be enlightening. You're like, oh, I don't yikes, I should not do that, you know, or whatever. Yeah, but we don't we don't have that ability. We don't have holodecks. So no. 
sadly not. Well, and the thing is, is that not every counselor is good for every patient. So True. that's just, that's just a fact of life. Yeah. Sometimes you have to like search for a long time to find somebody that you click with. Mm -hmm. But when you do find that person. Yes. Hang on to them. Yes, absolutely. And don't over, don't overdo it because then they don't want to be around you either. And that doesn't happen to me, but I'm just, yeah. I know that there, I had a friend who kind of over, uh, they, they abused the patient uh, psychologist relationship and kind of like uh, Troy on, uh, or uh, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Barkley and, and uh, Troy and Voyager. I don't know if you, mm. but basically he shows up on her vacation. Mm-hmm. This is not cool, Reg. This is you shouldn't be following your therapist around. Mm-mm. No, when a ther- when therapy becomes a crutch rather than you know a bandage, that's a problem. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, so we basically uh, at this point we do cut it and we see actually they you know she's like you said she realized that she's happy and she likes this and they decide to go look at the warp core. Because you know, <laughs> I was at the warp core was stupid, but she and Tendi are going to go look at the warp core and passes her mom in the hallway and actually goes up and apologizes for her actions on the planet. And then she's like, later, skater. And they like do a fist bump. And then it cuts to the room, the, the therapist's office with, with uh, Carol Freeman and the, the therapist. It's like, later, she's up to something. <laughs> so. It's like, what did she tell you? Uh, now, Carol, you know I can't divulge. What <laughs> yeah, it was. I, he makes another food, and she's like, "Enough with the food metaphors." Carol, you're being a pineapple again. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> what? What does that mean? Well, I don't know what that means either. Hard and friendly? I don't know. Like, yeah, possibly. To cut open? I don't know. I the sad billups did make me sad, you know, when oh, yeah. Mariner says, Well, just go over and tell him in real life, you know? And and he's like, nah. He's sitting all by himself. He's like, look, he's a stone cold badass. No, he looks really sad. He's just sitting there stirring his tea and looking into he's, it. He's eating soup. Or soup, sorry, yeah. Yeah, he's eating yeah. soup and he's just like it's like lifting his spoon and just giving a small sigh, and he's just He's just alone. And I'm like, no, go to him. Go. You could be so happy together. Uh, And then we do hit a a final, like, quick uh, look back at the holodeck where uh, Vindicta has obviously shot out in a torpedo. Which, wait, no, before that, before that, something else happens where Boimler goes back. Yes, that's a big part. Yeah, to finish. Oh, that's uh, why the get some, that Yeah, well, it, it hadn't been running. Everything had been deactivated. Well, I mean, yeah, and she had left. Last scene we might have got because he went back in. Yeah, the after credit sequence. <laughs> oh, yeah, the credits, by the way, had... Um, we had the signatures just like in Star Trek The Undiscovered Country. Yes. So that was fun. They all Once signed. They have very uniform done. signatures too, which is interesting. Like it's the same same font, I think. Yes. Yeah, so dots his eye with little Starfleet Delta. Yep. So yeah, he goes back uh, in and yeah. learns something, learns a secret that he is not going to be able to keep. 
I no. knew that immediately. There's well, a preview for next week. It's well, <laughs> but even before that, because yeah. the, the first time I saw it, there wasn't a preview for next week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I didn't have that context, yeah. but I just thought, right. oh, Boimler is not going to be able to keep that to yeah. himself. Boimler not going to happen. That Mariner is the captain's daughter. Mm -hmm. and looks like he's going to like just hyperventilate. <laughs> mm hmm. Like Mariner comes in like, dude, dude, are you okay? Or are you okay? That's <laughs> like just the, the uh, you know, I thought I was bad off. Yeah, and then he's, she's like, you gonna, you wanna go look at the warp core with us? Oh yeah. He's like, nope. Oh, and he he does not ace the uh, the interview with the captain because he has this information, mm -hmm. and he is freaking out. And it's like, it's like Mariner. It's like, what about Mariner? She's hot. What? It's like, I mean, no. I mean, what? Like, she's ah, not hot. Ah. She's best. Yeah. <laughs> screams and runs out. Like, I expected oh, that. I did not prepare for the interview. <laughs> Bad or whatever. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Her rating was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get the final after credit sequence mm -hmm. is the uh, torpedo casing that. Uh, from Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan, when we see Spock land on the, the Genesis planet, this is her. I, I guess this is an escape pod because the, if the ship blew up somehow, she I don't know how the hell in that half a second she got into a pod. Um, but she's on the planet surface and then the it opens up and she rises up almost like like Dracula. Like Dracula, <laughs> yeah. She's kind of comes up from her feet and stands straight up, and then Da Vinci shows up. It's like, it's like I it's like. When not on today, not yeah. on a Da Vinci's watch. <laughs> yeah, and, then she, and he takes the, the skeet gun that he had that when they turned him off the first time and shoots her. And yeah. I didn't realize this until someone pointed it out in uh, Unready Room last night. Chekhov's gun, you guys. It should have been Chekhov. Literally Chekhov's gun. That would have because been that because uh, that's the whole thing. Because yeah. there's something that can be a Chekhov's gun without being a gun, but it was literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That was very funny. So that was this whole long crazy episode, and it was it was just so it's hard to explain just by describing what happened the impact when you watch it there's a scene when mariner is fighting herself and she dumps her over the side of which basically is the bridge so she's falling along the floor what would be you know like but it's a wall and she smacks her head on a chair and you just <gasps> because it's like it's just so you you feel it and it's just they give these animated characters weight and like you feel for them and it's just and I, you know, as much as I love Star Trek Discovery and uh, Picard, I think I don't think I've ever felt connected to them as much as this. And it just was sort of like something with this episode, kind of like, oh, okay. But yeah. Well, yay for you! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't dislike those other things. I mean, you know. No, so, no, I'm not. No, no one is questioning that. But there's there's a difference yeah. between liking and enjoying something and really connecting with it. And yeah. when you can have both, it just makes it a richer experience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing that randomly I just forgot uh, to bring up is that there's a little bit of the Voyager episode. Um, uh, I wrote it down so I could didn't forget um, where basically 
Balana turns off the safety. Oh, extreme risk. She turns off the safety protocols in the holodeck and basically keeps hurting herself because she just wants to feel something. She's so depressed that all of her friends, basically, when they find out that the um, all of her her companions from the what is the Maquis uh, have been killed. So I think that there's a little bit of like using the holodeck because somebody said it's like, oh, this is so extreme that nobody would ever do this. I'm like, have you seen that episode? So, mm. you know, she's not mm -hmm. killing people, but she's basically harming herself and doing yeah. orbital skydiving with no safeties and fighting you know other klingons and so she's yeah well uh, that's that's what self-harm is about no matter what form yeah. it takes it's just to yeah. feel something yeah oh and they did mention toby targ toby when, targ when was, like, you dressed up like toby targ for halloween long after you were supposed to be long <laughs> after you were too old to do it yeah. And Toby Targ is a character in one of the books that the doctor's publisher on Voyager created. And then it's brought up a couple times out down the road. So somebody needs to do a Toby Targ cosplay. I would love to see it. For some reason, I imagine him to be kind of like, I don't know, a Calvin and Hobbes ish or something or. Mm, yeah. I don't I know why. Because Targs are not really tall and lanky, but. Something along yeah. that that concept. I but get that. Anyway, so that is that was uh, crisis point. Whew, that was some ride. Yes, and next week we have the finale. And actually, we have a special guest next week. Yes, we do. Which I actually get to say, and I'm going to try and bring up the. Uh, there we go. Uh, next week we are going to have Dan Gunther from Kurtrats productions and uh let's see the positively track positively track yep yep uh former host of literary tracks and yeah so i'm i'm super excited we figured we want to do something special because you know hey it's the last episode of the animated series season <laughs> one series season one yes season one yeah, season one well, they're all we all know there is we all know we know there is going to be a season two I yes. cannot speak today. Hey, uh, you you caught my virus. Yes, apparently. That <laughs> I sent uh, through. The, the <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna, <laughs> gonna plow through the things that I need to get. <laughs> just mm -hmm. so I don't I'm just uh, sit here and be quiet. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I just want to let everybody know that uh, at one o'clock today. Uh, the Improvised Generation Cocktail Party is going to replay. That was from last week. There is so many people in that, including myself. Uh, Jesse Gender uh, is going to, and Kennedy from uh, the Women at Warp, she's now, and uh, Sirak Lofton. Uh, we were all in the podcast panel, but we also have uh, Armin Shimmerman and Kitty Swink. They, let's see, there's... Uh, there's a lot of people. Anyway, <laughs> my brain is gone. Uh, no, but enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you get to meet the cast of the Improvised Generation, which is going to be coming, I think, in two weeks. Uh, in fact, here's a little sneak. we're probably going to be moving our show to noon Pacific because we will be then a little closer and we'll have a block of Star Trek shows. Right. And we can sleep in a little bit more. <laughs> no, I, I don't sleep in anymore. Oh, okay. I wake up like around seven and that's just it doesn't matter when i went to bed just doesn't uh and the other thing is if you want to engage in some 
fun, creative conversation that is not uh, does not have the conspiracy theories of, of all the crazy people. Uh, you can join our Outpost 13 Discord chat uh, and talk with other people like us. And you can also go to the Camp Kittimer uh, official Trek Geeks group on Facebook. And I almost caught your Treks Geek thing. Too. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It's like, I think I've done that automatically myself. But yes, yeah, so join join us here. Have some conversation. And uh, and if you want to contact us, if you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Filter, and you can find Brandy at Brandywine12 Brandy on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram uh, at Brandy Jacola. Yes. Is it Jacola or Jacola? I've heard like two it, people. It, it. it doesn't matter. But it does because it's your name. No, no it doesn't oh. matter. There's, there's no. I, I was saying it right, and then I heard somebody else pronounce it a different way, and you didn't correct them, and I'm like, uh, no. It, there's no concrete pronunciation of this form of the name. That's interesting. So. Cool. Sensors. No. <laughs> yes, sensors. <laughs> well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us, and uh, we will be here next week with some. Wow, just. <laughs> Yes, it's, some wow. Some wow, that, yeah. That covers it, some wow. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, and live long and prosper. Infinite Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And Shempo. I'm Shempo. I was supposed to be played by Aaron. Oh, come on. I don't sound like that. I love the animated series, and I like doing improv. All right. That's not too far off. Coconut.